Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Thomas Cressman, managing partner of Cressman and Westberg PC. Estate planning isn't the most exciting sounding thing to do, but it is very important. Thomas is here to explain wills, powers of attorney, and advanced medical directives, and provide practical tips beyond these documents that can help the transition go smoothly. And we'll hear all about it in just a minute. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Pretty awesome. You know, the other day, you know, we belong to a roundtable group for our company made up of other companies who do peer groups for industry verticals, right? Yeah, it's very meta. So all these different peer groups for this peer group for peer groups. So one of our peer group members wrote a blog post the other day that just got me thinking. And it was all about legacy, building your legacy and protecting your legacy. And it just struck me. Because I bet you there are so many of these remodelers who are building up some pretty significant businesses that don't have the protections they need in place. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. yeah. And they're like every other human being on, on yeah. Earth. Yeah. So it was great that I was able to reach out to Thomas, who generously agreed to uh, fill us in on some of the technical stuff about protecting one's legacy. Yeah, I have my uh, pad and pen <laughs> at the ready yeah, for really. a lot of notes I'm going to have to take here. All right, good deal. You will. All right, so let's dive in. Thomas Cressman is the managing partner of Cressman and Westberg PC. They're a construction law firm in the D.C. area. It's a full-service law firm for construction contractors. And I met Thomas as he is very active in pro uh, mid-Atlantic and was pre- prior to that in the you know all the associations here uh, for industry. Pros. So welcome, Thomas. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, you're so awesome at, at sharing and being so generous with the with all the remodeling pros that we both know. So I appreciate you jumping on with us in relatively short order. Oh, I appreciate you asking me. I'm always happy to share the wisdom we can. So, okay. So here we are, Thomas, and we've got these companies that are building up wealth. They're building up retained earnings. They're building, you know, up their their personal portfolios as well. What are some of the things that you feel are are essential in protecting that and, and taking steps to pass it along or whatever? Yeah. That, and it's a great question because a lot of times clients come to us and they want to talk about their corporate structure. Uh-huh. And they're thinking about how did all the corporations or companies that I have work together. And then the natural transition from that is, okay, but how does that affect your estate plan. Mm-hmm. And usually it's at that point that I hear crickets. I don't have an estate plan. And, ah. you know, there's a lot of famous people in the news, like Michael Jackson and Prince, who die without estate plans. And the reason it makes news, it's newsworthy is because of all the chaos it kind of creates for uh, people that have any form of wealth, really. Well, so what exactly is an estate plan? Yeah, so that's the, the broad term that's used to deal with any form of plan that you have to transfer your assets. Now, when people refer to an estate plan, typically they're referring to in a basic estate plan, which includes a will, 
a power of attorney, and an advanced medical directive. However, estate plans, especially with people of high net worth um, or somebody that owns a company, they can get quite complicated. And that's where you start bringing in various forms of trust. Okay. All right. So what is the difference between an estate plan and a trust? I mean, what is a trust? Yeah. So a trust is, think of it like a higher level of an estate plan. So with a trust, you're still going to have the basic documents that we just talked about, wills, power of attorney, advanced medical directives, but trusts add a lot more flexibility. They also add privacy in that wills are open to the public when they get recorded in probate. And so somebody can go and see who you left what to. So if you left a certain amount to your daughter, but only a certain amount to your son, uh, everybody can go and see that. Where a trust, that's hidden and protected. Um, You also have with trust the privacy aspect because they're not recorded during probate um, because of that. But also you can have tax implications. You can use various trusts to get below certain thresholds. Right now, the threshold uh, for estate taxes is about $12 million, which means that if you have $12 million in net worth and above, you're going to have taxes on that. Okay. And so people will use certain forms of trust to lower that threshold, but still maintain control. So when you think about a lot of the people that we both work with, do you like what percentage of those people do you feel should have a the higher level the trust versus just a basic estate plan? Like if you yeah, had to so guess. That, it's a great question. Um if I had to guess, I, I'd probably say sixty to seventy percent okay. of the people that come to our firm. Uh, end up leaving with trusts. Now, I caution people because there are a lot of attorneys who will push trust because they're more expensive and therefore they get more fees uh-huh. that don't provide really enough benefit to justify those in our opinion. Mm-hmm. So we do a really case-by-case analysis. Um, I would say everyone needs a will, power of attorney, and advanced medical directive. Okay. Not everyone needs and why would you need, I get the will part, right? I mean, we all have have stuff. We'll have a certain amount of money and all that. Who, get, who gets what? But what about the power of attorney? Why is that important? And what does it do exactly? Yeah. So the power of attorney and then in kind of uh, conjunction with that, the advanced medical directive, because um, it's both power of attorney as well. Those are actually the most important documents. When I explain this to my clients, those are the most important documents to me when they come in the door. Cause everybody comes in, they say, I want a will. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't, I mean, you need one, but that's not really what you really want to be protecting yourself for because a will only goes into effect once you die. Okay. Okay. Prior to that, it has no impact, uh-huh. but there are so many situations where somebody gets into a car accident, for example, and they don't die. Then the question becomes what happens? Because the law takes the view of, if we die, we know exactly what to do. There are statutes because the person's dead. But if the person's still living, they have all the rights of a living person, but now they can't make decisions. So why is a power of attorney important? It's to deal with that question of what's going to happen if I'm in an incapacitated state. Right. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you're maimed. You can't do anything. You don't want to be kept alive. Is, is that, is that, is the advanced medical directives is where you say, I don't want to be kept alive with artificial means. And there's a whole, there's like Correct. five or seven things that you check and you decide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I always separate power of attorneys and advanced medical directives into two separate documents. They are both in essence, a power of attorney, 
But the advanced medical directive deals with the things you talked about. Do you want to be kept in a vegetative state? Do you want to donate your organs? Um, who is going to be the person that is allowed to be shared certain information under HIPAA? And then okay. separately, who is allowed to make those decisions? Okay, cool. Thomas, I'm going to get a little bit in the weeds on something here. I've, sure. I'm kind of uh, going to dig in deep. We all have a, a significant digital presence, right? And I'm yeah. thinking about things like just a Facebook account or a Twitter account. And then you've got your, and you've, I've got like, we have LastPass and I've got every password that exists at my entire life in there. And I'm the only one that knows that password. What is there a document in this that handles that who gets control of my digital life? That's a great question. And that was something that we started doing about 10 years ago. We started incorporating those aspects into our power of attorney forms mm -hmm. so that you could get access to those digital things. Um, but one tip I give to everybody, and this is outside of the documents we've just talked about, and I've been doing this for a number of years with my own family. Um, every year, I put a sealed envelope in our safe, and that sealed envelope contains a list of every password to date, places where you can find passwords, bank account numbers, life insurance policy numbers. Now, ideally, a lot of the policies would actually be in the safe with it. But, but even if you can give your family, here's where to go to get the information and here's a password to get it, um, that is extremely helpful in that situation where they're already going to be distraught. They're not going to know what they're looking for. And they uh -huh. have it in a nice little sealed envelope really mm -hmm. provides a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. Very cool. So, okay. So I've got a living trust. What is that? Yeah. So a living trust is just one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot, but it isn't that much different than, um, than just a normal revocable trust. Okay? okay. And so you'll hear terms like living trust, revocable trust. They're basically the same thing. And that's the core trust that you're, you are going to have um, if you go the trust route. You'll have a revocable trust. And then as you get into really advanced levels of estate planning, you'll start getting irrevocable trusts for mainly for the uh, tax reasons. Okay. So in our membership, in our roundtable group, for example, we've got many who have significant wealth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, plus the value of their business. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what are some of the things that you might, incorporate into a trust to protect some of that or to give these people a tax advantage? Yeah. So um, when it comes to the tax side, we work very closely with CPAs. First thing I tell everybody as soon as they have a tax question is we're not tax attorneys, right? but we've been around the block, right? Um, so, and this is where it's really important to make sure that whoever you're working with on your estate planning is also the same person working with your businesses because there are core links there. For example, if your company is held and, and taxed as an S-corp, mm -hmm. you cannot have a trust own those shares because a S-corp is not allowed to be owned by a trust. And if you do so, you'll actually be blowing up the S-corp election. So okay. that's why it's really important. Um, so g going back to kind of your question of, you know, what do you do in that instance? Um, you could form things like charitable trust, charitable remainder trust, which gives a certain portion in what's called an irrevocable trust. So that means you can't take it back while you're alive. 
to a certain organization. And so that takes that net worth or that value that you're giving out of your net worth so that you're avoiding taxes. But you you are giving away all that money. I mean, there's no back and away from that. Right, exactly. But you're putting it in a trust uh, that's separate from you. Okay. Okay? Um, There's also things you can do uh, regarding housing, like your own personal residence. You can structure it so you have what's called a life estate. I know we're using a lot of legal terms, and I apologize, Mm -hmm. just the nature of it. Life estate's basically where I get to live in the house uh, for the rest of my life. Um, But as soon as I die, it actually goes back to somebody else, uh, like a a son or a daughter or whoever. Um, And you can set up a trust that way so that the house is actually owned by my children, but I get the right to live in it. Okay. Now, would that be irrevocable or would that be something that they could pull the wool out from some poor elderly person's feet? Well, and that's the thing. It does become irrevocable. Um, Now, there are there are because of that exact fear, they've come up with what's called um, qualified terminal interest trusts. Holy mackerel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, we're getting into like (laughs) legal leave 101 Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. But um where if you die after a certain number of years, uh, then it goes to the children tax-free. If it died, if you die within a two little years, then it's tacked onto your estate. And so therefore it's almost like a gamble. It's like, I'm expecting to die in this many years. <laughs> I, go above or <laughs> I don't think I'd want uh, that. <laughs> I, I might have some tax implications, but yes. So, okay, so if you're going to be, if, if one is going to be looking for someone to help them with all of this estate planning, the preparation of a will, power of attorney, advanced medical directives, uh, whether or not they should do a trust, what kind of a trust, yada, 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 all that stuff for their personal and their business, what kind of a lawyer do they look for? What are the specialties? So, so we, what we did in our firm is we actually brought in estate planning attorneys because of the kind of special need for it. Um, there are a lot of general practitioners. I mean, hey, when I was younger, uh, I used to do basic estate plans. But as our clients became more sophisticated, as we grew, um, we just there's a specific need for an estate planning attorney. Now, again, if you are a business owner, you really need to have that working with your corporate attorney. Um, the reason we brought it in-house is so that we could have both of the attorneys together in the room and in the same firm collaborating. Okay. All right. Because your firm focuses on construction, right? Yeah, we represent uh, almost 100% contractors. All right. So just to, just as a little bit off topic, but what are you finding is one or two of the major problems that you see happening with contractors, you know, stuff that you have to deal with for your clients? So the biggest problem, especially in this topic, is getting them to come back with the forms. No one likes talking <laughs> about death. No one likes talking about disability. And so we have a questionnaire, as most estate planning firms do. Um, and it, sa- it says pretty basic things. You know, where are some of your assets? Who do you want to leave um, your stuff to? And getting that form back is like pulling teeth. Oh, jeez. It takes just months and months of hounding our clients. Now, certain clients, they might have a death in the family, and so it puts a priority on it. But a lot of the times, frankly, it's they're coming in to talk to me about a business thing. And then I say, hey, have you thought about an estate plan? Um, and they go, oh, I know we've been meaning to do that for years. And even then, it takes some months. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Well, this has been really interesting. 
um, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. And, you know, I, I really think people need to be thinking about this stuff because they work so hard in this business and the remodeling business to build up this wealth that they really need to be careful to protect it any way they can. Yeah. Also, just if I could say one more thing. Sure. Um, it's important to, especially if you have a partner in a business, it's really important to make sure that you're operating agreement or your bylaws or your shareholder agreement match what you're doing on the personal side. Mm-hmm. Because there are cases um, in various states that come down differently on which of those two documents rule. For oh. example, if the operating agreement says that you cannot gift your gift or transfer your shares, but they're restricted stock, right? Meaning they have to go to somebody that's already a shareholder. Okay. Well, by default, I can't give it to my daughters in my right, situation. Right. And so if my will says all of my shares go to my daughter, if my wife is not living, well, now you have a conflict. Now right. you have litigation. Um, early, very early on in my career, I was part of a case that went to the Virginia Supreme Court um, on that exact topic. Now think mm. about the fact that it had to go through multiple layers of courts, multiple years. And it was a big estate. So I mean, there's very much justification for it but just to figure out which of those two documents control. So when we draft it, and this is why it's important to have both your business and your estate planning attorney work together, you need to make sure those are matching. Right. So I always okay. require when we have partners come to us that we do their individual wills as well. Uh, and that's written inside the operating agreement. They will update their wills to reflect what is in this operating agreement. Okay. All right. They're very interesting. Thank is you it, for sharing that. Is there a reason to find a firm such as yours that is in the same state and familiar with state, or does that not matter? No, it's very important that they are licensed in the jurisdiction that you're living in mm-hmm. um, or operating in or, or whatever, you, because each state is specific with their laws and how things work. Mm-hmm. So you definitely need to have an attorney that's in the state that you're practicing, or at least licensed. I mean, for example, like our, our office is in Tyson's Corner. Um, but we do Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. So right. at least somebody that is licensed in that area. And that becomes particularly important if, for example, somebody has land in the Midwest, right? So now you have to go pull in a, you know, somebody from Nebraska, for example, to deal with the land that's owned there, even oh. though the person is living here in Virginia or in D.C. area. Okay. All right. Good advice. So I'd need to find two guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. And that's, that's where your estate planning attorney should have those contacts. Right. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, this is enough to make my eyes get crossed. It's like, <laughs> it's like trying to think of uh, time travels scenarios. <laughs> you know what? How about we just move on to something a little less stressful? You ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. And now here's a remodeler's advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Okay. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. What is your favorite business book and why? Uh, the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I love the sales techniques in them. Mm. If you weren't an attorney, what do you think you'd be doing? I would love to create an const- exterior construction company doing siding and roofing. Really? What are you not very good at? Uh, if you ask my wife, it's folding clothes and laundry. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? My car. I'm fine with the chaos that's on my desk. How old is the oldest pair of shoes you own? Ooh, uh, probably two and a half years old. <laughs> I burned through them. 
<laughs> Do you sing in the shower? Every day. <laughs> What'd you sing this morning? Um, I was singing something from Thrice. I like a little <laughs> bit of headbang music. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thomas, this has been wonderful. Um, now, if people want to learn more about your company, because we've had a lot of listeners in the DMV, uh, where how do they find out about you? Yeah, you can go to our website. It's CW, so that's Charlie Whiskey Attorney, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y.com. All right, great. Good. Thank you so much for that. Now, before I let you go, though, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and why they resonate with you. Do you mind if I call an audible and do two of them? Nope, not at all. All right. So the first one is, it is what it is. Ooh, Tim Fallard be having problems with that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> as lawyers, you know, the facts are what the facts are. Oh, uh, that's right. The second one, which is related to that, is lawyers are just presentation artists. Okay. And those were w- words that uh, another lawyer in our firm taught me. And it's because we are. We present and we're presenting uh, the facts as we're told by our client and what mm-hmm. the documents show. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, thank you for that. That's very interesting. Just a little off topic thing. Do you think that if somebody could be the smartest lawyer around, but if they don't have the presentation skills and the presence and the persuasive abilities, that doesn't matter how good of a lawyer you are? Well, it, it certainly can. Um I mean, there's reasons that there we classify lawyers generally in two categories in law. They're litigators or they're transactional. Okay. Because transactional attorneys who do contracts are brilliant. I mean, we have lawyers here in our firm that are great transactional attorneys. I would never want them to step foot in a courtroom. Okay. I have other lawyers <laughs> who are the most comfortable in a courtroom. They hate sitting in board meetings. They hate doing transactional stuff. But man, you get them in a courtroom and... And they're like a fish to water. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thank you for that. Thomas, I very much appreciate you being part of this. Um, You know, it's been great having you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Good. Well, we'll have you on again one day. Thanks, Thomas. You know, you can get into some pretty detail-y, lawyer-y stuff here. But, you know, I think it's important for people to at least know the terms and know you know, just be familiar, you know, just like, uh, sorry, I throw some terms around here. Technical once in a terms while. like detaily lawyery stuff. Yeah. Detaily <laughs> lawyery stuff. Yeah. That sort of detail. <laughs> Not that I'm going to remember this. I do remember a couple of the, couple of the terms. I wrote them down. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's why you need to, to hire someone. That that's exactly stuff, right. right. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you, I, I always see these, you know, do it yourself, will kid. Oh, I know, right. And, you know, do it yourself, this, do it yourself, that, but. I think if you don't have any money. That those work may work for you if you don't have much stuff. But, right. Exactly. You know, like a lot of our members, you look at their net worth and they got some serious stuff going on there. And always, uh, if you're not a professional in something, always hire one. Right. Yeah. Our, our listeners and our remodeling uh, members always say they hate going into a house that the DIYers torn up. Right. right? Because they don't do it right. That's so exactly always right. go to the pros. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe if Lamar Jackson was listening, he would take some of this advice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, is he not? He's, he's his own agent. Oh, well, him and oh. his mom. Oh. A disaster. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. Oh. Uh, train wreck. Anyway, uh, well, very, very cool stuff. We want to thank Thomas for sharing a high level view of everything that's needed. Um, we urge you, if you haven't yet, to reach out to a Thomas in your area. (laughs) And uh, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. 
I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.